Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas City, Cincinnati. These are the teams that National Football League fans were watching over the weekend and watching universally from coast to coast, including in the big markets. What a concept, huh? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. And no, I'm not going to stray and turn this into some football show. But I couldn't help but have this cross my mind countless times over the weekend in watching these super full, overflowing stadiums and hearing the reports about the massive ratings because these games were dramatic. Almost all of them. It was crazy, right? Down to the wire. And I guarantee you that by Monday or Tuesday when the full Nielsen's come out, you will see record ratings, meaning the highest in years for the league, because that's been the trend in the most recent reports that have been put out. The NFL is just going wild. And it doesn't matter what market size is involved in these games. What is the only sport where that concept even comes up? You know what I'm talking about. Playoffs get to a certain point. And a smaller market will defeat one of the New York-slash-L.A. teams. And someone, invariably, somewhere, will say, Oh, they're not going to like that. Oh, Major League Baseball is not going to go for that. There will even be conspiracy theories and so forth. Come on. Never happens in any other sport. The most valuable player in football, the guy that's going to win that award this year, even though he didn't have a particularly great playoff game, is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Aaron Rodgers is playing in a market that it's bigger than North versus Sales, but when you're there, and I was just there a month or so ago, it feels like North versus Sales. It's a McDonald's, a couple other fast food joints, a couple of motels, and a gigundous National Football League stadium. That's what Green Bay, Wisconsin is. They've had the franchise there as part of tradition, going back to meatpacking days. And it's a beautiful thing. The very existence of that team, where it is, and the fan base, how it migrates to that tiny, tiny locale that can't handle anywhere near the number of people who show up on those eight regular season NFL Sundays. It's just a really cool thing. Not even getting into the fans being owners and all that other stuff. Green Bay's official metro population is 70,000. That's it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because people know when they tune in to an NFL game that all that's relevant is the caliber of the team and how much entertainment they might be in for by watching. That's it. 
That's it. They know Aaron Rodgers. They know the Packers and their uh, mystique. And then, of course, the game Saturday night had snow and it was cold. And you're picturing John Facenda and the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. And Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr and whatever else. But it's drama. And it had nothing, nothing, nothing to do with how big or small the city is. doesn't matter. What matters is that football has its teams competing on a level playing field. That's not an automatic out-of-jail-free card if you have terrible ownership or terrible management. The Jacksonville Jaguars are here to remind everyone of that, and for that matter, so is 30-plus years of Bengals history, exempting this one season. You still have to be smart. It's not about handing things in some welfare form to the low-life small markets so that they can get a free ride into the playoffs or something. It's just about making it fair. That's all. It's just about making it fair. That's all this is about, making it fair. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. There are plenty enough people that hate this conversation. They hate when you compare. Well, baseball people specifically hate when you compare another sport to baseball because they see baseball as being some sort of exception to everything. Who knows why? I can never get a good answer to that one when I ask it. Hang on a second. Why should baseball be different? And instead of even attempting to give a response, they'll just change the subject. This happens to me all the time. This is mostly a social media thing. But including in just having casual face-to-face conversation with someone who's a general sports fan. Baseball is special. Baseball is supposed to be all the way over here. Baseball doesn't need to hear about your rules or your guidances, and baseball's going to be whatever baseball wants to be. Guess what baseball is, my friends? Baseball is dying. Baseball is dying in all but a handful of cities when it comes to exposure and appreciation and love of the major league game. Baseball is also really very badly fading as a participatory sport. I would imagine those two things are linked. In fact, I have a very hard time believing that they're not because the more people the more children, the more parents of children, make it out to big league ball games and find themselves invested in their local or nearby big league baseball team, the more inclined they're going to be to, you know, go out and have a game of catch. Seems logical, right? Nope. Nope. It's all about the New Yorks and the Los Angeleses and the Chicagos. Everything is about how can this system stay in place that allows those markets to be at maximum investment. 
when the playoffs come around, when the World Series comes around. You ever look at the ratings for baseball's playoffs in the World Series? Not so pretty, to say the least, on a continual and rapid decline. Now, again, there are a bunch of reasons for that. They put them on too late at night. The games run too long. It's a lousy sport to watch in general for the most part these days with the four-hour, nine-inning games. But when you couple that with only six, seven, eight markets going into the season, not the surprise ones that show up along the way, not the pop-ups, the freaks, but the ones that enter the season feeling like their team has a chance to win the World Series, you've cut your own league into one-fourth. You've cut your own audience, your passionate audience, into one-fourth. And they think that's okay. They're all right with that. That is just the order of things. That's how it's meant to be. The rest of us are just squawking idiots when it comes to this. When we come back, just one question. Just one question. Today's comes from Jeremy Morrison, who asks a lineup that will include Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, Yoshi Tetsugo, O'Neill Cruz, a rotation with Rowanzi Contreras, Miguel Yahure, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, and that includes David Bednar, Chris Stratton, Blake Cedarland, Sam Howard, with a good deal in the new CBA where the Pirates spent some money. Could this team be an upgrade? Well, Jeremy, be careful of where you set the bar with how you ask the question. Because when I hear you say, could it be an upgrade, I'm hearing an upgrade over 101 losses. Uh, One of the things about professional sports is you don't get to set your own bar as a team. You don't get to say, well, we were at 101 losses last year and we improved to I don't know, 87 losses this year. Therefore, we got better. This was an upgrade. Um, You don't get to do that if you're the Pirates or anybody else. I'm going to continue insisting, whether it's naive or not, that the goal, and a reasonable one at that, at the Pittsburgh level, not my prediction, but the goal should be getting right around 500. Now, is that lofty after 101 losses? Yeah, sure, of course it is. Could it be done? Yeah, sure, of course it could. But you have to take the 2022 team seriously, even while ensuring that you don't block any prospects that might legitimately be ready to help or just to arrive in the majors when it's their time. And, and Cruz and Contreras aren't the best examples of this, but someone like, hmm, let me throw one out here out of nowhere. Let's say Nick Gonzalez. Now, this won't happen either, but just hear it out. Nick Gonzalez has had, like all baseball prospects, have had a couple of strange years because 
the pandemic and everything else. And let's just say that Nick starts murdering the ball. Like right off the bat in spring training, going to start him out in Altoona because he finished up in Greensboro, but he works his way up the ladder in short order the way a first-round pick is eminently capable of doing. Let's say that he does that, just totally rakes, and, you know, comports himself well enough in the infield and base running and everything else. If you have in Pittsburgh... Uh, Michael Chavis, or a Hoy Park, or a Cole Tucker holding down second base, you're okay. If you sign someone at a significant cost, and all they can play is second base, then that's kind of dumb. It'll make the talk show callers happy, because, you know, Nutting finally spent some money and whatever else, but it would be dumb. So that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting players, adding players who wouldn't block positions. And there are more than enough of those on the diamond. Most of those, of course, at the corner outfield positions. That's what I'd be looking at if I'm the Pirates. And that's the kind of thing that could take this team from 101 losses to 82. It's a 19-game improvement. Again, it's dramatic, but... Also, in the context, 101 losses is really, really hard to do. And you have to be doing certain things at field level in the majors to be geared so specifically toward future-minded thinking that it'll actually contribute to some of those losses. If you flip that switch, which is something else I've discussed on this show, meaning Derek Shelton specifically, and you're focused a lot more on just winning that day's game, that alone can account for, I think, five or six wins just by itself. So, upgrade? Uh, it depends on how you define it. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we'll do another one tomorrow looking ahead to the Hall of Fame announcement that's coming tomorrow night.